بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم رحم الحسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اماباد الحمد للہ ٹائٹ از دا ٹوینٹی ففتھ آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی ٹو الحمد للہ وی موو آن ٹو دا Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu And the last few sessions I've been mentioning a brief with regards to some of his noble family members. And the last one I've mentioned was his uncle, his father's brother, Anas ibn Nadr radiyallahu And I mentioned that he was martyred in the battle of Uhud and he fought most bravely. And the report mentions that he had over 80 sword, spear and arrow wounds on his body. And like I mentioned, that sword strikes are from close quarters. Spear is from intermediate and an arrow is from long range. So this indicates that he was being targeted. And his nephew Anas Radiyallahu said he had more than 80 sword, spear and arrow wounds on his body. And his sister recognized him only by his fingertips. According to Bukhari and Muslim. But what's amazing is that this noble man passed away shortly after the termination of the battle. So how do we know? In Ibn Ishaq, Majma al-Bahrain 2-239, Sharh al-Mawahib 2-44, Hassan. It mentions, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he sent Zayd ibn Thabit radiyallahu to find Anas ibn Nadr radiyallahu He eventually found him amongst the dead and still had the last flicker of life in him. Then returning the Prophet's greeting of peace, Anas said, I can smell the scent of paradise. Inform my people amongst the Ansar that if any harm befalls the Prophet whilst any of you still have a spark of life within him, then you will have no excuse before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He then began to weep, aye, and then shortly passed away to glory. Subhanallah. So how shocking is this? With so many wounds, you would have thought he's martyred. But he actually lived until after the fight. And then the report mentions that who was he thinking of? Even in that state, he was thinking of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And he said, I can smell the scent of paradise. And like I mentioned yesterday, in Bukhari and Muslim, when he was heading towards Uhud, he said, I swear by the Lord of my father, Nadr, I can smell the fragrance of paradise coming from the direction of Uhud. And he could still smell it, meaning he's almost there. And then he told the Ansar that you must protect the Prophet with whatever ounce of energy you have. And then he began to weep, maybe out of joy or grief upon parting from the Prophet. And he passed away. So this was the great Anas ibn Nadr. Now why is Anas ibn Malik, why is his name the same as his uncle? Anas ibn Malik would proudly say, my paternal uncle after whom I was named. Subhanallah. My paternal uncle after whom I was named. This is in Nasai, Tirmadi, Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Behaki. 
ابو داود التيالسي ابو نعيم الهليه ابن ابي شيبه انزل مصنف قنز الامال ولم 7 page 15 حياه الصحابه ولم 2 page 208 of the new english translation so who called sayyidina anas anas so obviously it was his father malik malik's brother was anas ibn nadr so it seems to be that malik called his son after his brother so anas said I was named after my chacha my dad's brother so this is why they have the same name but look how interesting why is it that Allah Taala inspired the father to name him after Anas because Anas eventually became a companion and he was martyred so Anas would proudly say this is my uncle who I was named after May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be well pleased with the gallant martyr Sayyidina Anas ibn Nadr and forgive us all for his honorable sake. Amen. So note the personalities around Anas who were molding this great companion. Let's turn to another great family member. Sayyida Rubai bint Nadr, the paternal aunt of Anas. So let's put it simply. Anas's father is Malik. Sadly he passed away without Iman. Anas's father's brother is Anas ibn Nadr who we just mentioned. Anas's father's sister is Rubai ibn Nadr. So these were all brothers and sisters. But how is she related to Anas? She's the poopy, that sister. <coughs> so what do we know about this blessed woman? In Sahih Bukhari number 4500, Nasa'i Tirmidhi Ahmad Bayhaqi Abu Daud At-Tayalasi Ayat al-Sahaba, volume 2, page 208 to 9 of the New English Translation, relates similar. Anas radiyallahu anhu, he relates. Ar-Rubayi, my paternal aunt, radiyallahu anhu, broke the tooth of a girl. And her family asked the girl's family to pardon her. But they refused. So what's happened? Anas's paternal aunt, Rubayi, has broke the tooth of a girl. So Rubai's family asked the girl's family to forgive. They goes no. They then offered to pay compensatory money, but they still refused. Because we will, you know, we will pay for the damage, as you said. They were no. Thus they came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, who then ordered retaliation. Anas ibn Nadir, radiyallahu, thereupon said, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Will the tooth of Ar-Rubai be broken by the one who has sent you with the truth? It will not be broken. So now a commentary here. Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen clarified in his Sharh Riyadh Salihim. Sayyidina Anas ibn Nadr radiyallahu anhu was not rejecting the command of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam regarding retaliation. He was confident rather than that Allah the Almighty would guide the hearts of the girl's family to pardon his sister. So this is very important. So what did the Prophet say? Retaliate. Meaning she broke her tooth. So they now have a right to take her tooth. So Anas ibn Nadr. So this is why you got to know the Sahaba. Now I've just mentioned him. So suddenly you have a connection. Otherwise, Joe Bloggs, who's this? So this is the brother who was martyred in Uhud. He said, Ya Rasulullah, will my sister's tooth be broken in retaliation? He goes, by the one who sent you with the truth, it will not be broken. So now there's a problem. Has Anas ibn Nadr rejected the command of the Prophet? 
So Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin Rahmatullah said, No. Anas ibn Nadir was thinking, he was certain that Allah Ta'ala would guide the girl's family to change their mind. That was the intention. The report continues. Anas ibn, uh, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam thereupon said, O Anas, the book of Allah has decreed retaliation. Meaning, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. The book of Allah has decreed it. After Anas swore his oath, the people came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa informing him they had pardoned her. Subhanallah. Rasulullah thereupon said, sallallahu alayhi wa Inna min ibadillahi man law aqsama allahi la abarra. Verily, they are amongst the worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those who, if they swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fulfills their oath. So look how beautiful. Anas ibn al-Nadr, he swore an oath. Because by the one who sent you with the truth, my sister's truth is not going to get broken. He swore qasm. Because of that, Allah Ta'ala looked Anas ibn al-Nadr. He changed the hearts of the girl's family. And he goes, we don't want retaliation. And the Prophet wasallam said, subhanallah, they are servants of Allah who when they take the name of Allah, Allah Ta'ala fulfills their oath. So who was he referring to? Anas ibn al-Nadr. Radiyallahu. So now, Rubai, we've learned that this is the sister of Anas ibn Nadr or the aunt of Anas ibn Malik. What's her, what's her kunyat? With regards to Sayyidah Rubai, Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani said in Al-Isaba, she is also known by her agnaman, her kunyat, Um Haditha. So putting it simply, Sayyidah Rubai bint Nadr, that's her real name. She had a son called Haritha. Because of that, she is called Um Haritha. That's her kunyat. Though she is honored to be the mother of the elite martyred Badri, Haritha ibn Surata. So again, this is the problem. When you say Um Haritha, you go, mashallah. So he goes, who's Haritha? So obviously, most of us will say, well, it's a Saba. It's a Badri. Then he goes, okay, brother, subhanallah. Not only a Badri, he fell as a martyr in Badr. So where is this mentioned? In Sayyid Bukhari, number 6550, Ibn Katir, see the volume 2, page 345 to 6 of the English translation. Anas radiyallahu said, Haritha ibn Suraka from the Ansar, radiyallahu was struck down at Badr. And his mother, went to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and said, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa you know how much Haritha meant to me. If he is now in paradise, I am satisfied. I will resign myself. But if it be the other place, then now inform me what I can do. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, Woe to you if you feel bereaved. Is paradise just one God? Nay, it consists of many. Rest in peace, for your son is in the garden of paradise, the highest. In another report, he said, your son was awarded the highest paradise. So let's look at this. So what did Anas ibn Malik say? He's talking about his cousin. Look, you get to know the connection now. So he's talking about Haritha ibn Suraka. How is he his cousin? It's his aunt's son. 
But if you don't know that, you get the impression Anis is talking about maybe a, a person from the clan. <laughs> it's his cousin, Haritha, and he was struck down at Badr. And his mother, now who's his mother? Rubai. Rubai, she, she told Ya Rasulullah, if he's in paradise, I'm happy. If he's not, tell me what to do. And look how the Prophet responded, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because woe to you, why are you grieving? He's in the highest paradise. So now Hafiz Ibn Katid said something here. In Ibn Katid's Seed of Volume 2, page 346 of the English translation, this provides a fine indication of the special status of those merely present at Badr, even if not engaged in the middle of the battle or the thick of the fray, but one merely observing it from a distance. How? Because although Haritha was struck by a stray arrow whilst drinking from the well, his position nevertheless won him that paradise, the highest of all gardens, in the very center of paradise. If this is the reward of such a man, then what would such be for those who actually faced an enemy three times their own number? So what was Hafiz ibn Kathir highlighting? Haritha ibn Suraka, he was at the well of Badr and an arrow struck him. So where did the arrow come from? Allahu Ali. So you could say technically he's not, he's, he didn't fight. Okay, he was on the Muslim side, but the fighting hasn't started. So Ibn Kathir said, what did the Prophet say? He said he's in the highest paradise. So then Ibn Kathir said, if he's in the highest paradise and technically he, he wasn't in the ball, then what is the reward of those who were in the middle of the battle of Badr? So what was that telling you? Allah was honoring them because they were there. And Haritha ibn Suraka was Anas' cousin. So note, the illustrious martyr of Badr, Haritha ibn Suraka, was the first cousin of Anas ibn Malik. Anas's father and Haritha's mother were brother and sister. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be well pleased with Sayyida Rubai and her illustrious son Sayyidina Haritha radiyallahuma and forgive us all for the honorable sins. Amen. So note how many actually know that Anas's cousin was a martyr at Badr. The first question that will go through a person's mind is who is his cousin? And which one would even know who Rabaya is, his aunt? And you think who's Rabaya? Because that's his father's sister. Her son <coughs> fell at Badr. So that's his first cousin. Like we'd say, Poopy's son. His Poopy's son was a martyr. So don't you think he was very proud of that? Because one of my cousins is a martyr of Badr. And this is my aunt's son. My uncle is a martyr of Uhud. Later, one year later, who? Anas ibn another. So these were the people, family members around Anas. So what do you notice? He was surrounded by giants. And Allah was definitely nurturing him with these, with these illustrious souls. And this is leaving aside the Holy Prophet himself. To mention one more family member. Sayyidina Abu Zaid, another paternal uncle. In Sayyid Bukhari, <coughs> he said, I once asked Anas ibn Malik who collected the Quran during the lifetime of Rasulullah. Anas responded 
four men, all from the Ansar. Obey ibn Qa'ab, Mu'ad ibn Jabal, Zayd ibn Thabit, and Abu Zayd. Radiyallahu ta'ala. I then asked, who's Abu Zayd? He responded, one of my paternal uncles. One of my paternal uncles. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Sayyid Bukhari. So what's the question? Atabi'in asks Anas, who collected the Quran in Rasulullah's life? When he was still with us, who, was, who collected the Quran? Anas said, four, all from the Ansar. They had the honor. So who were the four? Three of them are famous. Obey ibn Qa'ab, very famous Sahaba. The Prophet wasalam, the companion said, he is Sayyid al-Qur'an, the chief reciter. And the Prophet himself said, wasalam, in Timbadi Hassan Sayyid, the best reciter of the best reciter is Obey ibn Qa'ab. The second is famous, Mu'adi ibn Jabal. The Prophet wasalam, said, the most learned of the halal and the haram is Mu'adi ibn Jabal. This is in Timbadi Hassan Sayyid. The third is famous, Zayd ibn Thabit. The Prophet wasalam, in the same hadith, Timbadi Hassan Sayyid. The most learned of the fara'id, the inheritance laws or the obligatory duties is Zayd ibn Thabit. But who was the fourth person Anas mentioned? Abu Zayd. He's not famous. So Qatada said, O Anas, O beloved companion of the Prophet who's Abu Zayd? Look what he said. One of my paternal uncles. Somebody related on my father's side. So first of all, what was this collection? This collection meant hearing and obeying, doing what was required of it. It doesn't just mean book. It meant hearing, obeying, and doing what was required. How do we know? Abu al-Zahiriya rahmatullahi said, A man approached Abu Darda, Hakim al-Ummat radiyallahu, and informed him his son had collected the Quran. Abu Darda said, Allahumma khfilli. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, forgive me or forgive us. Indeed, it is only the one who hears and obeys it that collects it. It is only the one who hears and obeys it that collects it. This is in Ahmad in his Zuhd, Imam Sayyuti in his Al-Itqan, page 170 of the English translation. So let's look at this. So what did the man say to Abu Darda? My son has collected the Quran. Now what he meant was he's hafiz. He's become hafiz, but he didn't say that. Because he's collected the Quran. He used the same word in the Hadith. What did Anas say? He was asked who collected the Quran during the lifetime of the Prophet. That was the question posed to him. He mentioned four Sahaba. Abu Darda goes, Astaghfirullah, he goes, that's not collecting the Quran. <laughs> collecting means you hear the Quran, you obey the commands. Now go back to the previous report. What was Qatada asking Anas? He wasn't asking who's half is. He was asking who heard and obeyed the Quran when Rasulullah was still with us. Meaning who were living Qurans. And Anas said all of the Ansar, four of them. And one of them was his paternal uncle, Abu Zayd. So now, clarifying further. Imam Suyuti further clarified in his Al-Itqan, page 173 of the English translation, Hafiz ibn Hajar rahmatullahi relates, he found in the possession of ibn Abi Dawood rahmatullahi material that settled the matter. 
in a tradition holding to Bukhari standards of authenticity for a chain. It was related to Thumama on the authority of Anas who said, Abu Zaid who memorized the Quran was Qais ibn al-Saqr He was a man from amongst us, the Banu al-Najjar, one of my paternal uncles who died without leaving any descendants. We were thus his inheritors. Let's look at this. The hadith in Bukhari only mentions his kunyat, Abu Zaid. So what's the question going through your mind? What's his real name? So look how beautiful the scholars found it. Ibn Hajjad said, a sahih hadith to the level of Bukhari mentions that Anas said his name was Qais ibn al-Saqan. Then he said he was from amongst us, meaning my tribe. He goes, he was one of my uncles, paternal uncles, but he had no children. So we inherited from him. And similarly, in Ibn Abi Dawood, Imam Sayyuti, in his Al-Idqan, page 173 of the English translation, Anas ibn Khalid al-Ansari had said, he was Qais ibn al-Sakan ibn Zaura, he passed away at about the same time as Rasulullah's passing. No narrations were related by him. He was a Badri. He was an Aqabi. Amongst the personal names attributed to him were Thabit, Aus and Mu'ad. So now we get a few more details. He's a Badri. So when you say, who's Abu Zaid? Don't you know who Badri is? Secondly, he's an Aqabi. Before the battle of Badr, when the Ansar were pledging, he was one of those. When did he pass away? One of those unique souls, same time as the Prophet. So who wants to live when the Prophet is passing away? He passed away around the same time. Now why is that important to highlight? That's why we don't know anything about him. When you look at the report, four men, all from the Ansar, collected the Quran, living Qurans. Ubay ibn Kaab, mashallah. Muad ibn Jabal, mashallah. Zaid ibn Thabit, mashallah. And then he goes, Abu Zaid. Then the guy looks and he goes, I don't know who that is. Don't worry, brother. I'll explain who that is. This is Anas's, one of his paternal uncles. Okay. He's a Badri. He was in Al-Aqaba. He gave the pledge. He passed away around the same time as the Prophet. MashaAllah. SubhanAllah. He had no descendants. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be well pleased with Sayyidina Abu Zaid, Qais ibn al-Sakr, and forgive us all for his honorable sake. Amen. So another giant amongst Anas's family. But this one is more the scholarly type. You know, he was a Badri, obviously, he fought, but he was a scholarly type figure. So not another great personality who Anas was very proud of. He is one of my paternal uncles. So all I mentioned today was another two great personalities from the family of Sayyidina Anas. One was Sayyida Rubaye bint Nadr, his paternal aunt, Rabiyallah who was honored to be the mother of one of the illustrious martyrs of Badr, Sayyidina Haritha Ibn Suraka. And then I mentioned the other great family member of Anas, Abu Zaid, who was the, one of those who collected the Quran during the lifetime of the Prophet. But what does that mean? The one who hears and obeys, meaning these were the living Qurans in the time of the Prophet. Are there any questions you'd like to ask?
سبحان ربي حمدي سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون سلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والاصل ان الانسان لفي خسر الا الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات ونواصب الحق ونواصب الصبر صدق الله العظيم